Welcome to 17 Strong. Victories don't come by accident. Here's your host, Steve Deshera. Thanks, Andy. Welcome to another 17 Strong podcast. I'm your host, Steve Deshera, along with my beautiful wife, Holly. Hi, babe. Hi. Well, we have quite the energetic guest with us today, don't we? Absolutely, we do. Would you like the honors? Yes, I would. I'd like to introduce you to um, one of our bubbly Victor Trip recipients, and her name is Brittany Dietrich. How are you? Good. How are you? Welcome, Good. Brittany. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for being. having me. Yeah, super fun. Um, okay, so I'll go ahead and I'll start. Um, okay, so Brittany is not a cancer patient. Um, so, um, and as our mission states, we um, send victory trips on or young adults on victory trips that have battled life threatening diseases. So, tell us what exactly do you have? Because I can't even say it properly. So, I have what's called dysautonomia and postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And with that comes gastroparesis. Um, I have a pituitary tumor, so I have like a brain tumor. Um, and basically what that means is my brain and organs are not connected. So like normal, your autonomic system, the stuff that you do without thinking automatically, my body struggles with. So like I can't go from one temperature to another. Um, I never know like, am I going to throw up or do I have to go to the bathroom or oh, like... Gosh. Little things like that. Um, I've gotten a lot better at it now, now that I've kind of learned all of these things. Um, but yeah, sure. so my entire gut from my stomach down is paralyzed. Um, and that's because of years and years of misfiring and not knowing what that is. Um, so yeah. Interesting. And yeah. You are at, right now, you're 26. Is that correct? Am I right? 27. 27. Okay. I think. So, yeah, I know, right? I got to calculate. We all have that problem. Yeah, I'm like, wait, I thought about that last night too. I was like, am I turning 28 or 29 this year? Oh my, oh my. Well, you're super young. So tell us um, how you discovered this, first of all. So now as an adult, looking back, um, there were lots of signs when I was little. Um, I was really, really slow to grow, but my mm -hmm. whole family's small. So that was kind of brushed off. My older sister who's like four years older than me is actually smaller than me um I never went to the bathroom like I would go once a week um and things like that and wow. because it had been that way my whole life I never thought anything weird of it I never even thought to complain about it or tell my doctor I thought that's how everyone was um wow. and things like that I would get a lot of random like bladder infections and different things like that. Um, just because again, I didn't know what was happening to my body and mm -hmm. my doctor's like, Oh, it's normal. You know? Oh, so, you know, she's small and that's fine. Or, mm -hmm. you know, that's just the way her body is. And I was healthy in every other way. I played sports. I you know, okay. never really missed school or things like that. I was super fiery, had a big attitude. So no one ever really the questioned anything. <laughs> no. And I hope it never does. <laughs> too but um yeah yeah okay so you pretty much saw signs since you were little then yeah but okay. we didn't know it and then when it really started hitting was about my senior year in high school I was a competitive cheerleader and gymnast and tried softball and a couple other things and I was no longer able to keep up with everyone else all of a hmm. sudden you know 
my flips and tricks and things and being super hyper just kind of started going away. Um, anxiety was really deep in my family. So we thought that that was it. Um, sure. and things like that. And, you know, I ended up quitting the cheer team and stuff. Cause again, my attitude got the best of me. Mm. Um, but really it was cause internally I was like, I just don't feel good. And I don't know how to explain it. Right. And then I went to college and I started passing out. Um, they thought I had epilepsy and they diagnosed me with that. They said, Oh, these are seizures. Um, mm. and you know, the, I was living in the dorms and they would have to call the ambulance all the time, all the time. I can't even tell you how many ambulances I've been in. Um, but every time they would run the EEGs, they would come back normal. They're like, well, mm. your brainwaves seem fine, but 30% of people with this, you know, you can't tell. And then they put me on all the medications and then the medications would then cause more issues because I never needed them in the first place. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then because the, the issues weren't stopping, they would raise the dose of the medicines that I was on. And so then I was out of whack and they, they, I mean, I, look back on little like home videos and silly things that I'd done on the internet. And I was not myself. I was like a demon child living in my body. Cause I was That's just, I had, scary. it was, I had no control over emotions. I had no control over, you know, a lot of things. And this is the time of your life when you're supposed to be learning how to be independent, how sure, to yeah. do all these things. And I, it's I thought the world was out to get me. Yeah. yeah and I was mean, like I was mean and I'm not like that at all. Mm -mm. That's so, interesting. Did you end up moving back home? Or? I did. Um, I ended up going home. The school is really, really flexible and really cool. I got to, you know, take classes online and stuff like that. But then by the time that I had left, um, I went to Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, um, which is I like love a, that school. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> I had a really good time and I made some really, really good friends who I still keep in touch with, which is amazing. That's and great. once we figured things out and they were like, there you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, everything yes. kind of changed. Um, but yeah, so I went to Mayo Clinic because that was right next to the college. Mm -hmm. They admitted me for two weeks and every single day was test after test after test, swallow studies, tubes going in places you'd never imagine they could go. Wow. And then I was finally diagnosed. And that was probably about three years after everything had started, like really, really taking effect. I wasn't, I mean, I was almost done with the age that people are done with college by the time I finally had a name to the puppy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. And, and it's rare. Is that correct? So it is rare, but it's not, it's okay. just very, un, it's new. It's now just becoming something that they can diagnose. So a lot of it is there, but it's misdiagnosed as other things. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And when do when do when's the average age that you would get diagnosed with this? About my age. About. It's young adults and mostly female and really mostly my ethnicity. Yeah. It's young white females. Gotcha. I know a couple of guys. It's cool. I get to go to a conference every year through um like a feeding tube uh company thing, sure. foundation, whatever. Um, and I've met people that are my age and we all have very similar stories. It's crazy. It was the first time I felt like I fit in right. in my life. Of course, because, okay, that brings up a whole nother thing. So mm -hmm. because your insides are paralyzed and mm -hmm. your gut is paralyzed, you have trouble eating. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about that because so, how do you cope and what do yeah. you do on a daily basis? Yeah. So, I mean, every day is different. And sure. that, you know, it's definitely a roller coaster. You know, there's no cure. When you get diagnosed with this stuff, there's no roadmap. There's no sure. treatment plans. It's let's try this and see how you do. 
Um, and then with every treatment, you're chasing all the side effects. And then you're wondering what's caused by the medication, what's caused by your mm -hmm. disease. And you just don't know because they overlap. Um, so, you know, an average day kind of looks like I wake up and right away I know kind of what kind of day it's going to be. Do I really? wake up feeling sick? Do I wake up feeling good? You'd never really know. Hmm. Um, I could go to bed feeling totally fine. And then at 2 a.m. wake up in tears, shaking and sick and miserable. Um, or now we've learned that what looked like seizures are not seizures at all. Um, it's my brain kind of gets stuck. And so it's trying to tell me something, but my organs can't read that. So sure. like my heart will flutter. I sound like I'm panting. I am not mentally there. Like you can't hold a conversation or anything like that. And then you just kind of have to wait it out. Usually about a couple minutes or so. Um, the only thing is like doctors recommend kind of like shake me or something just to kind of like wake me up. Cause I can go without oxygen and then that causes oh, that's a whole scary. other. Yeah. yeah. And it's always in my sleep. It's never when I'm awake, like I'm safe to drive. I can take care of kids, like things like that. Sure. It's always in my sleep. Um, so that's so the unconscious state. basically. Yeah. That because, this yeah, because it's your, it's what your body does when you have no control. It's an autonomic system. But do you remember that? Like no. in the morning, that's what my next thing. No. Was. Okay. You wouldn't even remember. No. So somebody will tell you, oh my yeah. gosh, it was a rough night last night. You're like, really? Yeah. And I mean, sometimes I can feel it because like I'll have a really bad headache or like gotcha. if I had to be pinched or something, I'm like bruise my arm. <laughs> like, yeah. come on. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. But so with eating, um, I don't feel hunger. Um, sometimes I'll crave things and you know, everybody that knows me knows like she wants something, get it and mm -hmm. like get 50 of them. Um, <laughs> so exactly. like, yeah. yeah. Um, so I have a J tube, which is a feeding tube straight into my jejunum completely bypasses my stomach. Um, and that I get feeding tube formula. I can kind of put whatever I want through there as long as it's not something that I'm allergic to. Another side effect is mast cell disease. So whereas my blood doesn't look like I'm allergic to anything, my body says, Oh, you can't have this today. And I'll just break out in hives and go anaphylactic for oh no my reason. God. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, I mean, it's entertaining sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, look at my, look at her <laughs> look attitude. At, look again. what I can do. Your positive <laughs> yeah. outlook. I love it. Wow. I love that positive attitude. I mean, you have to. You if do. you're not laughing, you're crying, and yeah. I'd rather be laughing. Absolutely. I mean, I cry for sure. Absolutely. I mean, come on. I'm, yeah. like I said, I'm a very emotional being, but. <laughs> You Lower. know, okay. So, then so yeah, you do have a J tube. That, I have the, but now let's talk about like eating through your mouth. Like you can eat. I can eat through my mouth, and I love it. I okay, want to. Good. I love food. I've never been a picky eater. So to all of a sudden have an allergy list, I'm like, what are you trying to do to me? Yeah. Like, what is this? Um. So I eat by mouth, but I don't absorb any of it. You know, like it doesn't. So it's like social. It's just eating. for fun. Oh yeah. I did not know that. I can drink wine and then completely hook up to an IV and feel nothing. <gasps> this is this is so <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Okay, I so mean, nothing absorbs. Yeah, through. I mean, some does, but it's not enough to live. Like right. I can't grow, I can't, you know, function. So then I also have a power Hickman, which has, you know, it's double lumen and I'm on TPN, which is IV nutrition. And that's how I get my medications. Gotcha. Um, Cause you know, you want to feed the gut when you can, which is why I have the feeding tube. It keeps it moving. It keeps it mm -hmm. alive. So it doesn't die. And then I need like a transplant, which unfortunately happens to a lot of people with my diseases. Wow. Um, luckily I've not reach that point and I hope that I don't and that's actually where I told the doctors I'm like if I reach that point that's where I'm done um because I just I want the quality of life I don't want to live my life in hospital bed right um no I get that yeah and so 
Yeah. Yeah. So then I get everything I need through my IV. And then the J tube is to keep things moving when I can. Some days I hook up, some days I don't. Um, and then eating my mouth is so that I can be a human. So that's like normal. Yeah. Like that's what you're, that's what you would consider just to be, just to be normal. Okay. So yeah. let's talk about, because, um, when we decide we had never done a victory trip that was non-cancer, mm-hmm. you know? And so what would you consider being your victory? So it's not like there's an end of treatment or an end of this disease. It's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't say that God is good, but, um, every day is kind of a victory and getting to the diagnosis was a victory. The yeah. fact that I'm no longer scared to live my life big and loud and mm-hmm. be myself is a victory. Right. And even though, you know, going on the trip, the IV pumps and the tubing and all that stuff came with me and I had to very strategically plan everything out to make sure that if something went wrong, it was okay. Um, I did it. Yeah. Even the trip itself is a victory. And yeah, for sure. I never got sick. We never had issues. I mean, I woke up one morning because so I tried duck the night before and my body was like, why would you do that to me? Mm-hmm. But it was so good. Oh, So I didn't care. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and I remember um, when I met you for the first time. Do you remember that by chance? Yes. Okay. I would like to hear your version of that because um, we met at a craft fair yeah. and we had a 17 strong booth. Yeah. And tell me about that. So <laughs> just a couple of weeks before that, um, I was actually hanging out with the, the so I help a friend out watching her kid. And we were hanging out that night outside around the fire pit. And she was like, if you could do anything you know, like, what would you do? And I was like, I would eat good food. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but for someone who can't eat or who, you know, I went my whole life without eating. And then all of a sudden, you know, we started talking about dreams and things that I'd really wanted. And, Mm -hmm. um, one of the hard parts about my disease is that when you're in the hospital, you have the equipment of a cancer patient. So I have the central line that you get chemotherapy through. And that's what I knew it too. Cause I had had a friend who had leukemia when I was really little And when they told me that I was getting this line, I was like, wait, but I don't have cancer. Like, why would you give that to me? I didn't understand. Right. Um, And so, you know, sharing hospital rooms with these things and always being on the oncology floor and things like that, you see a lot of the good things that happen. You know, it's not good to get cancer. I would never wish any kind of disease on anybody. There's, you know, there's no comparing diseases or anything like that. But you see kind of other foundations pick that up sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially in a children's hospital, you know, the oncology floor is where the famous people visit and things like that. And Mm -hmm. when you're not on those units or you're there and you're not that patient, they actually don't come and see you. They don't, you don't get treated the same. Yeah. Because you don't have, you don't have that disease. Yeah. 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 So you could be getting the same treatments and not that they're perks because that sounds horrible. And this is where it kind of gets hard to talk about it, but like I watched a lot of people get really cool experiences while I was going through the same thing. Sure. And, sure. you know, all I wanted to do was be their cheerleader. I was mm-hmm. always happy for them. Like, you got an end of treatment day or you got to ring that treatment bell and stuff like that. And I didn't. I right. sat there and I was like, I have to come back next week and go through this all over again. Oh, my gosh. Over and over and over. And to the state, it's the same thing. Absolutely. Um, it gets very disheartening. It does. And so I had posted on Facebook. I was like, the hardest part about this disease isn't even the disease. It's the fact that I don't get a chance to, like, live my life. I don't get to do, you know, I'm 
I don't get to work a normal job, so I can't just go on vacation when I want to, or I can't eat the foods I want to and things like that. Like kids should never get cancer and adults want to go to Disneyland too. Mm -hmm. And a local mom whose daughter at the time had had cancer. She's like, have you heard of 17 strong? And I was like, well, I heard about Ryan because you know, from coming from slow and stuff, kind of everybody kind of heard about it, but I didn't really know anything about the foundation at the time. And so I clicked on the link that she had posted in the comments and I was like, wow, this is really cool, but I could never ask for that. Like, I don't want to do that. That seems weird. Like, I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. like, Hey, look at me. Like I want to do this too. Cause that's sure. weird. Yeah. Um, and so I went to, I had a doctor's appointment the following week and I went to that doctor and I was like, okay, I know that you're my gastroenterologist and this is kind of awkward, but do you think this is something that I could do? And she looked at it and she was like, well, it says they grant trips to young adults. She's like, you're more than qualified for that. She's like, this would be so amazing. This could bring you such joy in the hardest part of your life. Right. Was this in Stanford? Yeah, this was at Stanford. And they had never heard about you guys and they loved it. Oh my gosh. They were like, we have so many young adults in here that, you know, kind of go through the same thing where they get these horrible diseases and foundations kind of drop them off. They're like, you're an adult now. And if you're not on hospice, we don't really want to pick you up. Yeah. And, and so I was like, do you think you could send them an email? <laughs> I was like kind of quiet about it. Cause I was like, this is so weird. And it sounded too good to be true. I was right, like, right. Are you yeah. sure this is a thing? And it was so small. And I was reading the different stories and I was like, all of them had cancer. I feel weird doing this. But my doctor reassured me. She's like, they can say no and that's okay. Right. And right. unfortunately I was used to that. You know, I was used that's to hearing so, yeah. no. And so this time you heard Brittany Dietrich, come on down. I know. And I was like, what? (laughs) But you have to go back to when I met you though. Yeah. And that's, I, I did not know about the whole, um, uh, you know, the whole email and you know, the social worker, the, her gastric, um, the, I didn't know about it was that. a nurse that had reached out oh, to it was you. A nurse. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, ta- yes. Go so back I'm walking into this craft fair with my mom and her best friend. And I was like, mom, I think that's the foundation that they might be talking about me at. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, you know how I said that there was a place that like kind of grants young adults like that are really sick, like trips. I may or may not have applied us, mom. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, like, what do you mean? That's awkward. And I was like, no, 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 mom. Like, just if they say no, that's okay. And she's like, well, do you want to go say hi? And I was like, I don't know. This might be awkward. Cause like, if they haven't read anything, like, I don't want them to think that I'm just going up and asking for something. Right. Um, And so I was like, but also I kind of want to know what they're about. And the thing too is what you do and why I love you so much is that before I'd even heard about you, I'd wanted to do something like this because I had saw the need. Oh my gosh. Such a need. It's so good to have somebody else say that because there is a need. When you're outside of the hospital and you, you don't see it. And when you have a kid going through something hard, you know, there's the other places that pick that up. Yeah. So unless you're in the shoes, you really don't see it. Yep. Right. And no one's talking about it. No, that's no the thing too. You know, it. I don't want to complain on the internet, no. you know, and even the way I said it too, I was like, I don't want anyone to be sick, but also like, I want to do something fun. Yeah. Um, and it was com- a completely innocent Facebook post. And the fact that I had gotten positive reviews and sure. like, you know, comments on it, I was like, wow, okay. People are nicer than I thought they were. Cause mm-hmm. I was, I was even afraid to post it, but it was just so, 
it meant so much to me. I was like, I just want to say something. Yeah. And so I kind of like creeped up to your booth and I was like, hey. And you had just gotten the email because the first thing you said, you were like, wait, is Mallory your nurse? See, I knew this. And I, knew I was this like, was happening. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, I just read about you and it's so, almost the new year when we talk about it. And then you just took me everywhere and introduced me to people. And I was like, okay, I'm home. Like, oh my gosh, this yes. is good. That was so cool because I remember our little toad because yeah. um, our toad was around and, yeah. and, he, and she was kind of hopping around. And, uh -huh. and I think that you saw her without her head on, I did. without her, her mask on and stuff. And she was like, oh my gosh, she's a girl. And yeah. It was so funny. So, anyway I just saw this personality come out and I'm like you would never know that you were sick no. and we talked about that like nobody knows no. that you're sick when a cancer patient you, you because can see you it. can kind of see that yeah. and so I just saw this bubbly person that really inside you you were you were sick yeah. inside and but the outer appearance wasn't and so at that craft fair we had um one of our um board members there mm -hmm. so I really wanted Chris Centeno to meet Brittany at the time because he was going to be my reinforcement to try to get her improved because he had seen her and saw that she was living out her victory. And so it was super cool. But so that was our first yeah, meeting. It and was. so I was like, I was in with both feet, but I just had to make sure that the board was in. So yeah. eventually you did get approved and that was super fun and super yeah. cool. And we're super, uh, I just can't, uh, she's part of our family now. Exactly. And your victory came in the fact with, although you didn't get to ring the bell, Yeah, your victory is the fact that you got a diagnosis, mm -hmm. you know how to live now, mm -hmm. you know what works, what doesn't work, and you're able to function at 70%, whereas before you might have been at 30 or 40%. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, and it's a roller coaster. There are days, I mean, when I, when you even texted me to ask, like, you know, we want to bring this up. What do you want? I was super septic and like in step down and not doing well. I don't even remember texting you what I wanted. So I'm really glad that in my like loopy, drugged up state, I knew what I wanted still. Because <laughs> when I got the approval text, I was like, I don't remember asking, but I'm so excited. Isn't <laughs> like, that so, that's even better though. Yeah. yeah. That's even super, that's just awesome. I want to talk really quick about. Yes. How many surgeries have you had? I lost count. Okay. Um, and I get them multiple times a year. Um, because every time I have to, so every three months you have to get your feeding tube swapped out. And because mine is not in my stomach and it's in my jejunum, you have to be put to sleep for that. So, gotcha. um, now I can actually do it on my own. I've learned how to like bite my cheeks and do it myself on the kitchen counter. Yikes. It's painful and my eyes Yikes. usually water, but <laughs> it's way better than going and getting put under anesthesia. But I, absolutely lost count of how many times I've been when under I met anesthesia. you the first time I think you were like I've had I think it was like 18 or something, something by the time crazy. that I had met you yeah um and then you know there's also all the procedures I always have to get you know endoscopies colonoscopies biopsies every six months I have to get the tumor scanned um wow so there's a stuff. lot to it there's a lot it's a full-time job yeah to to, to have what I have. Exactly. And then the other thing I wanted to just mention is that, you know, you do have the port mm -hmm. like a cancer patient, which you mm -hmm. had just talked about a little bit. Now tell me, have you ever had chemo? I have, but not this, like not as intense or um, as big as, you know, like a cancer patient would. Um, I never lost my hair because of it or anything like that. It was actually more oral than it was IV. 
but a lot of the side effects were still really nasty. I would oh. get the mouth sores. I'd go neutropenic. Um, Absolutely. White as a ghost, kind of things like that. And it was daily for six months or so. And oh, this gosh. was when I was still going to Mayo Clinic mm. and driving back and forth. I'd have to make the eight-hour drive. Um, oh, that sounds familiar. A lot of the times it was alone, too, because, you know, my parents are still working. And at that point, it had kind of become routine. And they're like, are you OK to do this? And I was like, I got it. I got my it. big girl pants and go. That's right. Um, and so because it's autoimmune, they want to suppress your immune system like they do on a cancer patient. So a lot of the treatments look the same, just on a different scale. Gotcha. And then again, okay. it's all the side effects you have to chase with that that make more medications and then you're dealing with the side effects of that. Like oh, yeah. the main thing I feel all the time is nausea. And I never know if that's just the way my stomach's being that day or if it's a medication. Gotcha. So it's hard to determine those because mm-hmm. they do overlap, like you said. Okay, so she's been through a lot. <laughs> to say the least. Oh my gosh. Okay. But during the surgeries and during the, um, the chemo or whatever, mm-hmm. all that stuff there, are they trying? It, obviously there's not a cure. Mm-hmm. We know that, but what are they trying to do with those surgeries? Are they trying to make it easier for you to eat or is it just chasing the symptoms? Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, you know, I go into flares, um, which means, you know, the disease will kind of take over, and the medications will stop working and sometimes my gut will just completely shut down and I can't take anything orally or by the feeding tube. And it has to go all IVs. Um, oh, I wow. usually end up hospitalized by that point. Um, and then no matter what, I and there's no pattern, I end up septic at least twice a year. And Right. But now you know, right? Yeah. Didn't you tell me that? Like you knew when you were about ready to go septic. Because oh, yeah. I have signs. So and they're funny, too. I smell onions. Like I, like it's a weird smell. Like my sweat will smell like onions. Um, and then I get, it'll start in my hips and it's like a deep bone pain. And it's a specific pain that I only get when I'm going septic. And then, um, I'll feel warm all over my body, but my nose will be freezing cold and I'll get like the shakes. Um, and sometimes I like feel borderline. I'm like, okay, where is this going to go? And I kind of like, text everybody like, okay, this could go either way. We'll see by the end of the day how it goes. Mm. I'll take Tylenol right away, do the things. And then I know within a couple of hours, I'm like, I know this guy's it's, it's happening. It's going and it's straight to the emergency room. And, and ICU probably, right? Um, not every time, which is nice. Um, I have been there a couple of times. It's okay. Not a good time, but, um, you know, the thing about, because this disease, it doesn't end and it's my life and I'm you know, I'm not, no one wants to be in the hospital. No, no one wants to be there, but I've made it home. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have a backpack that's ready to go with my favorite blanket. That's just for the hospital. I have a couple of pairs of pajamas. I have an adult coloring book with cuss words in it and, <laughs> and I'm ready to go. Okay. And, you know, it's now we're in a spot where, you know, I'm graduating the children's hospital and going into the adult world but I'm getting treated as a pediatric. So like my IVs are peds, my feeding tube hardware is peds. My mm. disease is mostly known by peds, but okay. I am almost 30 years old. Right. So wow, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that because, yeah. so will you, you will not always be on the peds ward. You will, you're now transitioning. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. And too? now the hard part is too, because I just got switched over to a new hospital because of my insurance their pediatric hospital and adult hospital are 20 minutes apart. So like when I was admitted in November of last year, 
I couldn't actually get everything I needed because they only made it in the pediatric pharmacy and wouldn't transfer it to the adult hospital. Oh God. I went to the PD's emergency room because that's where my doctor told me to go. And then they ambulanced me over to the adult side and I didn't actually end up getting what I needed. That's disappointing. Yeah. And that's a big issue with a lot of people with my disease too. So you're still in this transition phase of knowing how to deal with it as an adult. Yeah. And nurses don't like that either. When I say, this is how, well, no, it's not that I know (laughs) what, you know, more than they do. It's, I just know what works for me. Sure. And so, or like, I'll catch something like, Hey, don't touch my central line like that. And if I'm not on an oncology floor, a lot of nurses don't know that equipment. They don't know you know, a lot of it, or they'll send a different nurse from the oncology unit to get me. Right. Um, and that ends up being, and it's part of being your own advocate that we say time and time and time again, you know what works for you. It is hard. And, but I've also, that's how I've made friends with nurses too, is because I put on the smile and I'm happy and I'm bubbly. And I'm like, I totally understand that you don't understand this. So this is what works for me. Yeah. And And are they, are they receptive to that? I get about half and half. A lot of the time the nurses are my age and they come into my room and they want to hang out (laughs) Um, and I make it fun. You know, I'm always, I'll be you know, running 103 fever and shaking and feeling sick. And I'm up and dancing because I'm like, I want whoever yeah. comes into my room to be happy. I think that's amazing that there's a lot to be said about that because yep. um, we say that time and time again as well is mindset's everything. Mindset yeah. is 90% of it because if you do have a poor attitude or, you know, mm-hmm. you're just, you're just not going to feel as good either. Um, okay. I want to go um, move on a little yes. bit about what was your um, first response when we, told you about your victory trip because we haven't talked about that we yeah. need to talk about what did you decide I know. And, and what were you thinking um well like I said when I got the text I'd never even remember asking for it right because I was so sick <laughs> so I was just super excited and then I was like there's no way like how did this happen and I had to like scroll back and read our text and I was like oh rad like cool <laughs> um and then it started like okay I really have to think hard about this because I can't just do whatever I want You know, my body has to kind of decide for me what's safe and what's not. So when, you know, you told me that I got the Disney cruise, I was like, yes, this is the safest place that I can go. Because the way that the Disney company works is like, if you need something or want something, they make it happen. And so I called the cruise line and this was after I'd met up with you to kind Mm -hmm. of like say what I wanted. But going into it, I had to pick the exact cruise I wanted and I couldn't do a seven night. So I couldn't do like a really, really long one, but I could do like you know, five night, which was perfect. Um, and then after we had kind of decided, okay, that's the one you're going on. That's what you're doing. I called the cruise line and I was like, okay, so this is why I'm going. And you know, what do you need from me? What can I do to make sure that this goes really well? Because I would hate to be sick on the boat. Oh yeah. And they were amazing. Mm, They were like, tell me all your allergies, whatever you need. They're like, if you need a second, you know, refrigerator for your IVs in the room, we can make that happen for you. Oh my God. And we got there and they had emptied out everything. So there was room for everything. I left a little cute note with like a thank you card to our stateroom attendant. He didn't care that there were needles in there or anything like that. They left me a sharps container. And oh my it, gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, and the cool thing about, and why I chose a Disney cruise too, is that every night you go to a different restaurant, but your waiter comes with you. Yes. So it's rotational dining. And that was the biggest thing for me. I was like, I don't want to feel like I'm limited. I just want a week to forget. Yeah. Even though I don't really get to forget because I had to bring the hospital with me. Right. Um, and my server was so great because even though 
I didn't really get to choose what I wanted to eat because, you know, they modified everything. He'd come out and bring a menu and he'd be like, just so that you blend in with everyone else. I want you to feel like everyone else. And he'd bring out the menu and he's like, but if there's something that you want on here, let me know. And then you can have it tomorrow so that we have time to make it for you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So everywhere I went, every restaurant I went to, quick service, the pool, everyone knew who I was. And I didn't even say anything or do anything other than the one conversation that I had had with the cruise line in the beginning. And they'd come, they're like, hey, Brittany, how's it going? And I'm like, (laughs) you see thousands of people every day and they change every week and you know my name. That's amazing. That's amazing. You were the rock star on the ship. You really were. Kind of, but I don't like saying that because that's weird, but- it is it so was, cool though. It and was just I like the first you, time. You didn't have to explain it every no. single time to this, no. you know, different waiter. They that clearly yeah. told the staff and it was so fun too, because the first night they were like, what do you want to drink? And I was like, can I have Shirley Temple? Cause it's like one of my favorite little dumb things. And they brought it out and I did like a little dance jig. And I do that when I get really excited over food. Cause I'm like, I get to eat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And every single night I'd come to the table and there's one there and the server and like the assistant server would fight over who got to give it to me because they wanted to see me dance. Oh my gosh. I love <laughs> How it. How special is that? That is super cool. That yeah. is really, really cool. And um, if anybody hasn't seen Brittany, she's really tiny and she looks about, I don't know. Like 18, 16, yeah. 18. Yeah. High school. High school. It doesn't help but, that I have braces too. Yeah, exactly. She does have braces, but <laughs> she um, she is 27, did we mm-hmm. say, we think? She's got um, the Shirley Temple thing going on. I love on. it. I love it. Yeah, it's super cute. So um, yeah, I just feel like you're, you're short, but you got the personality that makes oh, up yeah. for everything. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very like, I, I belong that. in a 10 foot body. Yeah, like my exactly. personality is too big. And sometimes I even have to tell myself like, shut up. Okay. Like, like reel it in, <laughs> yeah. huh? Reel it in, huh? Yeah. That's so funny. I love that. Well, I am super excited that you had such a great time on the Disney cruise and that you were able to go, but tell me why you couldn't go on a seven day cruise. I don't um, even know. It's not because it's 17 strong. No, 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 no. So my IVs have a six day shelf life. Oh, and because of my insurance, I can't get it outside of California. So they, yeah, to get me to go on this cruise, there were so many things that happened behind the scenes that you guys didn't even know. I did not know. So I went to my doctor right before I got on the ship just to make sure that everything was fine. And they even like clapped. They're like, you get to go like, this is amazing. Like we don't get to send patients like you on things like this because it just wow. it can't happen a lot. Um, and not to like bring sadness into the trip, but like to get an appointment with a lot of my doctors, because there's no cure, you have to wait for someone to die to get an appointment because they're so booked out. A lot of the times I'm making appointments, it's a six to a year, six month to a year waiting list. So when they get to do something incredible with their patients, it's the same as me doing something with them. You know, like they don't get to see a lot of the good stuff. Wow. So everybody so was that we really, got to be a part oh, of that. you that was no amazing. idea. And that's the thing too. Like, even though my story isn't over and you know, I don't get right. to walk away from the disease. I get to look back and be like, I am so dang loved. Yeah, like this life is that. so worth living. But Absolutely. you're living your victory. You every, every day is your victory. And I tell you, like I have the pictures on the walls and in my phone Absolutely. and all the background pictures are my mom and I and Mickey ears and and yeah. my dad too, because you know I got to bring both my parents. Yeah, and it was amazing. It was the best week of my life. Did That's... you meet Mickey Mouse? Oh heck yeah! I danced with Mickey Mouse. Oh <laughs> yes. Was that your? What was your highlight of your trip, other than the food and stuff? Um, do you think being with my parents yeah. and bonding with them because it's 
it's hard, you know, like yeah. it doesn't, there's no end. So right. it gets, you know, it brought my parents and I closer together. And there was, I mean, you could have put us in a shack in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of a hurricane. Right. And I would have been the happiest person alive because I got to be with my parents, not in That's the hospital me, and not worried. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. And her parents are so fun, by the way. They like to dress up night. And oh, they yeah. did so many fun things with you. And, and before I think- we end this, and I have to put this out there, my favorite part of the trip is that my dad told us all leading up, he's like, I'm not dressing up. I don't want to do this, which seemed weird because he's the one he that he's the first that. person to get into it. And my mom was like, we got to go shopping. We got to get a pirate outfit. We got to do all these things. And I'm <laughs> like, we don't have to, you know, it's an adult cruise too. They do a really good job at that. And my dad was like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not going to spend the money. I'm not going to do all this stuff. And I was like, okay, Debbie Downer, but I, I can't wait to have a great time with you. And the first dress up night was Halloween night. And so I brought like a ballerina outfit or whatever. I was like, okay, we'll see how it goes. You know, yeah. if I like it, we'll see. I didn't even like really bring pirate stuff. Cause I was like, I don't know. I don't really care about that part. And my mom and my dad and I were on the top deck. Cause it was dark. We were looking out and it was beautiful. And also my dad disappeared. My mom and I were like, where'd he go? Where's dad? <laughs> where'd he go? You know, we, we have to go to dinner. Like, where'd he go? And so we're like, well, let's go check the room. And we kind of walked around. We couldn't see him. We walk into the stateroom and Fred Flintstone is standing oh in the middle of the stateroom. And he's just like, yeah, but I'm do like as loud as he could. And we're like, oh my gosh. Those are the and, pictures I saw. Yeah. And we were dying. It was so, so funny. Nobody knew. Not nobody knew. And he did the same thing on pirate night. He just disappeared. And we're like, where did dad go? And you'd think that we would have figured it out by now, but no. Yeah. No, it comes out totally big, over oh. our head. He comes out as like Jack Sparrow, head to toe. Like oh he has gosh. everything. And I'm like, Disneyland would kick him out for this. Is he even allowed this to do is this? So they funny. loved it. Oh my gosh. They I loved bet. it. You guys were the hit. Oh, on we the were ship. dying. It was that so good. So good. It was so good. That makes it so worth I mean, oh, such great memories. I love that. I absolutely love that. Okay. If you had anything else to say, like to maybe somebody that just getting diagnosed with your disease, what would you what advice would you give them? live every day like it's your last. And I know that that sounds so cliche, but it's so true. You know, I could leave here and go septic tomorrow. You just never know. Absolutely. Live every day to the fullest. Yeah. And, you know, like you guys, attitude is everything. You know, it is so hard and it's so brutal and it's not easy. And you're going to cry and it's going to hurt and the surgeries never get easier. You're always going to be nervous. Advocating for yourself is hard, but like, I mean, I keep going because I just know in my mind, like God is so good yes. and that this isn't where it ends. And yeah. it just, it's not over. A diagnosis doesn't mean it's over. Yeah, no, I agree. So Brittany, while you were in the hospital, you had a roommate. I believe her name was Clarissa, correct? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about her. She, ugh, she's amazing. Like I love her to death. Like I'd do anything for her family. Um, but I was coming out of a surgery for a new feeding tube and they, I came back and I had a new roommate and she was my age and I was stoked because mm. I had had like a 90 something year old before that. So oh, I was gosh. on the adult side. Um, and while we were roommates, Clarissa was diagnosed with lymphoma and I was there when the doctor came in and gave them the news. Um, and you know, I, it wasn't my first rodeo with something like that, Mm -hmm. but it was special because I was like, I'm going to be this girl's friend Mm -hmm. cancer or not. She's my new buddy. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, after I had left the next day and I mean, the night that she was diagnosed, they started chemo right away. 
and oh, wow. she sat on her bed and she was crying and I was like, but it's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but you know, like, can I do something for you? And she's like, no, I just feel bad because we both just got out of really bad roommate situations. And now I'm going to be the roommate that like throws up or something. Oh gosh. And I was like, I don't care. You know, I, yeah. I don't care. Don't worry about it. And let's share a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. And, um, her mom was really funny and sarcastic and cool. And, you know, our parents talked and, you know, I got to hang out with her for a little bit and then we just, we kept in touch. We stayed in touch the whole time. You guys time. developed quite the bond. We did. Um, because we both kind of have this dark sense of humor and <laughs> use humor <laughs> to get through kind of the hard stuff. And so we texted all the time and I didn't get to see her in person a lot just because I always kind of have a toddler on my hip and, you know, she ended up needing a bone marrow transplant and, um, you know, with the germs and stuff like that, it was really, really difficult, but I did get to see her a couple of times and I got to bring the baby with me and, um, that was really fun. Yeah. But you were able to tell us about Clarissa. That's yes. how we know. And so, so you kind of referred her I in a way. I did. So I had told her about you guys and then I texted you and I was like, I don't know if anything's going to come of this, but she's really, really great. And like, I just can't wait for her to end treatment so that, you know, this can happen. And then a couple months later, she texts me and she's like, okay, there's two different foundations. And I know that you work with 17 strong, like we well, not work with them, but you know, you've, yeah. you've gotten a trip from them. Like, you know, what is that like? Is it a good experience? And I was like, you're going to love them. <laughs> Do it. And it actually ended up happening that we got our trips granted at the same time. Did we? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Or like within, within, a month or two. It was okay. very, very close. And that was actually like a big part of planning my trip was she had been on a Disney cruise. And so I was texting her all the things and she was responding and telling me about her trip. And when she had relapsed, cause she'd ended her treatments and then very, very shortly after relapsed. And it was right before the relapse that you guys had granted her trip. And that's what we used to get through. We were constantly texting and talking about our trips and how we and were going to do them. And she was going to go where? She was going to go to Dublin. She wanted to do the Game of Thrones tour. That's right. And, and see, I, we hadn't got a chance to meet Clarissa. Yeah. But I did speak with her via text. And, yeah. Um, and I, you know, obviously congratulated her on her trip and being, you know, cancer yeah. free at the time. And then she did relapse and she did text me and tell me that she did relapse. And then, yeah. um, and then go ahead and go on from there because um, that's where. So when she had found out that her bone marrow transplant didn't work um, and she had relapsed for a third time, or I guess this would be the second relapse, but third diagnosis, mm -hmm. um, I kind of knew because I had, you know, I, I grew up in the hospital and knowing and, you know, having a friend from the time that I was really little until I was in high school who had leukemia. I kind of like when she told me that, you know, the bone marrow transplant didn't work, I was like, ah, I'm going to lose another best friend. Like I and I didn't want to say it or anything like that, but I was just kind of like, I know how this goes and it sucks. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. And and you know, she ended up passing away. Um, but it's really cool because I'm still in touch with her mom. Absolutely. Um, we Facebook message and stuff like that all the time. And right. it's, I'm never going to forget her. Oh, and, absolutely. And I won't either. Just even though I didn't get to hug her or I yeah. didn't get to grant her that trip, I know that we met for a reason. And, um, you had given me her mom's phone number and, um, and I just reached out to her because I wanted her to know that, yeah. you know, um, we, I know how that feels. Yeah. So um, it's a club you don't want to be in, absolutely. but here's someone who gets it absolutely. in a way that I don't get it. Right. But the one cool thing that she said to me was that her 
she and her daughter, her other daughter, were going to possibly go on that victory mm-hmm. trip for, you know, in honor of Clarissa, which really blessed me because I yeah. thought, oh my gosh, that's so cool that they can go do that and, yeah. and kind of um, have closure. I don't know. but um, And that's actually what made my trip really special too. She had passed away a week before I was supposed I to leave. That. And I couldn't go to her service because I was getting on the boat like five hours later. Right. And I was heartbroken by that. In yeah. fact, I almost like called him and like, I can't do it. I just, I can't do it. You yeah. know, like, and, and here's the hardest part too, about having my disease is survivor's guilt is so real. Oh, I, yeah. I'm always asking, you know, why did I make it? And they didn't, That's um, so hard. you know, why but do I get to keep going that she would have wanted you to go? Oh, on that absolutely. Trip. Her and Ryan. And that's, that's right. That was the final shove. And I even made a shirt and you know, the I front said this. not all heroes wear capes. And then on the back, it said honoring Ryan and Clarissa. Yeah. And I still have it. Um, I put it in like a shadow box shot, with all my other pictures. Yeah. And box. that made the trip so much better because I knew the whole time I'm like, they're so happy oh. that this is working out. Absolutely. And she was with me the whole time. And there were things that happened on that boat that weren't Disney magic that, you know, you just couldn't, I yeah. woke up one morning and again, I'd woken up and I was just kind of like, this is the best week of my life, but I wish she was here. Yeah. And I looked outside my window and two dolphins hopped over and we watched them for almost an hour. My parents and I, we sat out, we wrapped up in our blankets. It was cold. And we watched two dolphins exactly when I was thinking about the two of them. And That's I have it on so video. Amazing. I'll show you after I this. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. And um, it, it blesses me that, you know, that we are able to meet these people and be a small part of their life and um, and honor them in, in whatever way we can. And, and it doesn't and, end here. Either. Exactly. No. And, and Ryan knew that victories don't come by accident. Oh, I know. That's and, right. you know, to get a victory with these diseases is hard fought. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, Ryan didn't even get a you know, he didn't even get his victory trip. If right. you will. I hope he's on all of these because yeah. dang, what a life. I know. Right. <laughs> all of them. Right. All of them. Of course. So. He is, so anyway, well with that, Brittany, we love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me and giving me the best week of my life. And I like oh. totally mean that not just because I'm here, but I say it every day. Well, I'm like, it's because of so Ryan good. that we're able to do this. And that's the cool thing is, you know, that, you know, yeah. that there's a lot of people yeah. that don't, but I think you, you genuinely know that yeah. Ryan, if this, yeah, this all didn't happen, you know, something really amazing came out of something really ugly. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So for those of you that are just joining us for the first time, welcome. And for those of you that have been part of our listening audience, thank you very much. And if you guys would like to continue to help people like Brittany and go on a victory trip, please visit our website at 17strong.org and you can donate there or support in some other way. With that, we're going to wrap up and remember attitude is everything. Please join us next month when we'll have another special guest. Take care. You've been listening to 17 strong victories. Don't come by accident to be part of the show, make a donation or request more information go to 17strong.org. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-E-E-N strong.org.